This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbin. Hello, I'm your host, Corbin, and welcome back to another episode of How to Business in Show Business. Before we get started, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you can stay caught up anytime there's a new episode. Friends, thanks for joining me for another episode. I'm so excited to share this discussion and this week's guest, Christopher Howard. In this week's episode, Christopher and I discuss the role of a dance captain, something he's qualified to talk about. Most recently, Christopher was the dance captain for the North American Broadway National Tour production of Anastasia. He's dance captain for tours and regional productions like The American in Paris, Phantom, Roger and Hammerstein, Cinderella, to name a few. When he's not maintaining the integrity of a show, he's also a fitness instructor and a dance teacher. Currently, he's getting his degree in business management, focusing on digital and social media. Christopher sheds light on what it means to be an effective dance captain, how to juggle under pressure, how not to let one's ego get in the way, and many more. Just as a reminder, this episode, along with several others, was recorded over the summer of last year. So without further ado, here's my interview with Christopher Howard. Christopher, the reason why I asked you here today is because we're going to talk about some dance captaining, of which I know you have a plethora of experience doing. I would, yeah, I would say so, yeah. (laughs) Pretty lengthy, but we'll get into it. But before we do that, I always like to start with these two questions. Who is Christopher Howard? Oh, gosh, how long do you have? (laughs) Uh, Perfect. Um, Well, I... uh, I'm a you know professional singer, dancer, actor. Uh, currently based out of New York City. I'm just home upstate right now due to the the current health crisis that our country is facing. Um, I originally am from this area, from upstate New York. I also am a group fitness instructor for Equinox gyms uh, in New York and across the country. And uh, I find the older I get, the more my career is kind of evolving and changing, which I'm uh, really excited about. Uh, but first and foremost, I consider myself uh, a professional actor trying to make his way in the business and living in New York City. So you, like, so you lightly just said it, but what hobbies and interests do you then have outside of the business? Oh, yeah. Fitness has definitely become one of my, my biggest hobbies. It's become a new passion. And, and for me, it's kind of gone hand in hand with my love of the arts because uh, through dance, especially, I found a great love and passion for teaching, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've been able to cross that over into the fitness world as well. So now that I'm uh, so fitness minded, and and that started to interest me, I've kind of taken my skills as a teacher and put that into that world as well. So uh, fitness is not only a hobby and an interest of mine on my own time, but it's I've turned it into a, another a passion and another career as well. Um, other than that, I'm actually really interested in politics. Um, one of my hobbies as I've been on the road is to tour all of the U.S. state capitol buildings. Mm. So far, I think I've hit 45 of them out of the 50, oh. which is a pretty big feat considering how 
big the country is. Right. Um, just politics in general has really interested me, especially the older I get, the more, uh, more important a lot of these issues become to me personally, the more I find that I'm invested in not only local politics in my own area, but politics mm -hmm. across our whole country. Wow. Well, I guess, excuse me, well, I guess you would get a chance to visit most of these capitals via tours and things that, you know, pop by and say, wait, have you ever been to Alaska though? I have, I sure have. <laughs> Shut the front door. I really have. I took, I t honestly, I took a layoff. It was a layoff week when I was on the uh, American in Paris tour. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I flew to Juneau and I stayed there, I think for two days, three days. Ooh. And uh, I saw the Capitol building. I went up Mount Roberts. I just went, I just went on my own just for like a little three day vacay. And, uh, and I've been to Hawaii's also, which is kind of far away, but I mm -hmm. went to Hawaii on like a mini vacation. I'm also on a layoff from one of my tours and mm. it's more of the obscure ones I haven't been to like North Dakota, South Dakota, West Virginia, Montana. Those are the harder ones to get to, you know, okay. not a lot of tours play Helena, Montana, you know. <laughs> I'm weak. Okay. Okay. So now that we know a little bit about you, let's dive into the professional side. So did you have any pre-existing interests for the position of a dance caption or was it something that developed over time? You know, I really didn't uh, at first. Um, I'll preface this with saying that I started my, uh, started dancing in general very late. Uh, I didn't actually start dancing until I was 18. Uh, so when I really started to work professionally in the business, like my first like national tours, I did an international tour first, then moved on to like Broadway US tours. Um, I still, of course, considered myself a dancer, but I didn't, think I quite had the skill set that other dancers had. So dance captaining was never on my radar. It's not something I thought that I had the skill set for, and it's not something I was gunning for from day one. Um, it wasn't until my second uh, national tour, which was the new Phantom of the Opera tour, I was hired uh, just as a male swing because I was able to do the dance choreography and sing some of the solo singer parts and such. And um, and I wasn't hired as uh, an assistant dance captain. That was my, uh, eventually became my title for that show. Um, I was just the male swing and they decided throughout the rehearsal process that uh, the dance captain who was uh, the female dancer swing uh, would need some assistance with the show. And they figured in watching me in rehearsals and watching how I worked, they thought I would be the best fit. Uh, and I had no experience doing it, but I said, uh, uh, okay, sure, I, yeah, I'll, I'll take that challenge on. And through that, my love for it kind of grew. And, and now it's not necessarily a goal of mine in every production I do or every company I work with, but it's definitely something I love doing. And uh, it's something I'm more focused on moving forward. Well, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost starting to be as though a trend in your career via the jobs that you've done because you've done it what six seven times now right yeah it, it has i feel like that it's it's one of those things that that you kind of get pigeonholed into when people mm -hmm. see it on your resume they see oh this person's been a dance captain x number of times so we should hire them to do that because they obviously have the skill set for it uh, the same I find happens in being a swing uh, in a lot of productions is that they see on your resume that that's something you've been successful at uh, multiple times and they kind of uh, pigeonhole you into that and think automatically, great, swing dance captain, done. Right. So then, let me ask you this then. How, what are some, 
what are some easy, what are some hard things and easy things that you learned along the way about being a dance captain? Uh, you know, I actually thought this question over quite a bit because there's a lot of hard things that, that I can definitely bring to light. I was, tr I was trying to really think uh, about the easy things. Cause I'm not sure <laughs> that any of it's easy per se. Uh, I f I'm going to start with that because that's actually the more challenging one to answer. Uh -huh. uh, for me, I like problem solving and I like helping people just in general. So for me, that's like the easy aspect. I, I like the challenge of, you know, uh, you know, we have X number of people out of the show. How can we make everything work? Or we have to teach this many people in a short amount of time. How can we make that work? So that problem solving and that interaction with uh, everyone from a, uh, people on a managerial level, you know, through the cast, through the crew, that's something for me that's easy. I like doing that. I like the organization. I like the challenge of it. Um, other than that, I'm not sure that anything else dance captain wise is easy per se. Um, what I do find uh, kind of on the same vein, I find one of the most difficult things about being a dance captain and something that I'm still learning about on every show I do and something that I'm still improving upon is how to work with, you know, unlimited types of people. Uh, you know, every person has a different learning uh threshold every person has a different learning style uh every person has a different way that they'll receive uh, i don't want to say criticism but receive notes and receive feedback and receive ideas um, on what they're doing in the show and how to improve upon it uh so you can't speak to every actor or every dancer in a production the same way and you can't approach teaching every actor or every dancer in a production the same way uh so I'm trying to improve as a, an instructor, as a teacher on how to best serve every single person in the room, whether it's individually or at the same time. And I find that can be very challenging because uh, everyone is so different and you need to find what works for every single person to keep the company uh, as successful as you can. Well, and then I, and, and as you're talking about this, this is something that I'm starting to notice, but you're, you're human too. And people, when they come to you and they have all these questions and they have all these demands, is it okay to sometimes, I know it's okay, but I'm just, how best you receive it. I don't know. Let me get back to you. Oh, absolutely. And I find the more I've gone on with my uh, career and the, the older I get, the more willing and open I am to be the first person to say, I don't know. You know, I've done a number of productions where there's so much choreography or so much staging or just so intricate details that no one person can be expected to know everything off the top of their head. And so I have become not afraid to be the one to say, you know what, I don't know the answer, but I will get you an answer. And I feel like that is one of the main jobs as a, as a dance captain is you don't need to know everything right off the top of your head, but it's that willingness to help and the willingness to get the information for people. So I have no problem anymore being like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what count you move on. I don't know where you come from, but I'll get you an answer by the end of the day. And 99 times out of a hundred, I do. Well, and then I'll be the first to admit, you know, when we're, and I say we, the proverbial here, folks, when we're in studio rehearsal, sometimes I, there are times when I'm, I forget to, if not lazy, and don't jot things down right away because I'm like, oh, I remember it. No, bitch, I ain't gonna fucking remember it. There's so much that's <laughs> happening, like when we're sitting down and when we're having those morning meetings. Okay, great. 
and they're raffling off all the notes, right? Do you think that sometimes people just um, either, as you said, have different learning paths? Oh, I think that I'm going to remember this later. And or they have so much jumbled down that they don't even know what they're looking at in the midst of the haze of writing. Um, as you just said, like sometimes they all have different ways of uh, processing and receiving. Do you think maybe we have different ways of, uh, what's the word, uh, giving feedback back to what we were just told? Oh, absolutely. I think some people can receive those notes or that, that feedback specifically and just kind of get up on their feet and do it. Some people need to try it a few times. Some people only need to hear it once and say, okay, I'll fix it next time. So I think there's also a learning curve in that, in knowing, you know, as a dance captain that I might give somebody a note or some feedback or a fix. And for some people it might get fixed immediately, like the next performance, the next rehearsal. Some people it might not get fixed for a week or two. Some people might have misunderstood what I told them and, and maybe that's on me. And I take that on me and say, okay, then I need to approach it a different way. So. Uh, there's absolutely a learning curve uh, with people getting up and doing things on their feet as well. So while we're building the show, and as we're getting ready to closer and closer to showtime, and the thoughts that are in your head, when the show does eventually become relinquished over to you and the stage manager, how do you keep up the integrity of the show? Well, I guess that depends uh, on what else I'm doing other than being the dance captain. Uh, most of the productions I've been in as a dance captain, uh, I've also been uh, an offstage swing, uh, which means that, you know, that I'm not necessarily in the show every day, uh, but I'm backstage or in the theater ready to go on if someone's out of the show. Um, so when that's the case, I most often, uh, if I'm not still, uh, if I'm not needed in a rehearsal or needed backstage for any reason, I'll go out into the audience and actually watch the show. Um, so that way I can not only keep learning for me and maybe focus on one person or focus on a number in general so that I can uh, Im improve what knowledge I have of the show. Um, but then I can also watch for notes and to give feedback and to say, okay, that looks a little messy. I can make that a little cleaner. This person's moving at the wrong time. Um, so then I can use that information and turn those into notes that I'll give to people so that the show stays as clean and precise uh, and meticulously detailed as, uh, you know, on day one, as it is on maybe day 30, as it is maybe a year or two later. Um, now, it's a different story if I am in the show, and that's something that I'm also still learning a lot about because I've had a few uh, regional productions recently where I've been the dance captain, but I'm in the show at the same time. So I can't necessarily watch everything. I can't necessarily have eyes on every person or on the big numbers because I'm in them or I'm busy doing my own performance. Um, and I've met that with uh, varying success, I think. And I've also, uh, there's also been different, different theaters have different ways of, of working with their dance captains in those uh, situations. For example, uh, a show I did uh, last here in upstate New York, uh, I was dance captain and in the show at the same time. So what they would do is uh, once a week, they would record the show, uh, a video of it. And then between shows on Saturdays, I would sit and watch the video, the, mostly the big dance numbers, and t would take notes from there. And then I could give notes out to people to make sure everything was staying clean and precise. And, uh, and that's not the most ideal way to approach it because you're only monitoring the show once a week, but it worked. And that show wasn't super choreography heavy so it was okay um 
And then another show, actually, that you and I worked on together, doing Cinderella at Paper Mill Playhouse. I was also the dance captain uh, while being in the show. Um, but in that case, I had an assistant, and my assistant was a swing who was not in the show every day. So he was able to help me on the sideline. Even though he was an assistant, I saw him more as like my co-dance captain because he was more able to watch and, and keep an eye on the show than, than I was, to be honest with you. Uh, we worked really well together, and I trusted him to help, uh, help me visualize mistakes and help uh, keep that integrity of the show from, from him being off stage and me being on stage. Now, let me ask you this, because whether you realize it or not, this is just the trend that I've noticed with dance captains. Do you have any aspirations of them becoming a choreographer yourself? I do not. No, I don't. Um, I don't have a passion for creating. I don't think I have the vision for creating uh, dance numbers in a big show. It's just not something that's in my skill set. Have I done it before on like a tiny, tiny scale? Sure, of course I have. And, you know, sometimes I'll create combinations to teach a dance class. But even that, to be completely honest, I don't love doing. Uh, if I'm creating like tendu combinations for a ballet class or something, fine. I like that. But if you want me to like create a music theater number for like a competition or something, I don't love it personally. Can I do it? Yes. Are they always great? No. Um, but I have uh, personally have no aspirations of being a choreographer. I find that I much prefer and I have a love for being like a repetiteur of sorts of, mm -hmm. of maintaining somebody else's work and teaching somebody else's work. Mm -hmm. um, I find even when I teach music theater dance classes, I love teaching like, let me teach you choreography from the family opera. Let me teach you choreography from an American in Paris. Um, rather than here's this combination that I created that's not as great. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to create anything at all. I just want to help maintain and other people's work and teach other people's work to other companies. I mean, I get that. Some people, <laughs> what's that famous saying? Not my ministry. Like, you know, you, right. you, you, you do what you do well and other things it's like, okay, I'm going to let someone else take over and, um, you know, best of luck, you know? Totally. Um, Okay, so now that we've uh, delved into that, let's let's backtrack on your on your uh, dance captain history, shall we? Okay. So actually, it's not the most recent thing that you've done, but I'm so curious by this. So when you did an American in Paris, right? You were the uh -huh. resident dance supervisor, dance captain, uh -huh. fight captain, swing, and understudy. Okay, listen, listen. <laughs> yeah. Someone's breaking all the compute, but so much. So you're doing five different things at five different times. Yeah, I was. I was. And on a tour. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was so daunting, I'll just say from the get go, because the show was still open on Broadway when we started rehearsing the tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the woman who came in as my assistant, as the assistant dance captain, was in the Broadway production. So wow. she already knew the show. Um, and I knew nothing. She was obviously very helpful and very... Uh, very supportive of me but I was just like what am I getting myself into it's one of the biggest dance shows probably done in years and uh and again it was uh, this was a, a technically I mean other than a small regional production that I'm sure we'll get to a fiddler on the roof years and years and years prior this was my first real experience as like the dance captain of a yeah. show so I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm capable. I don't know if I can do this. And I literally thought that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, 
so I started just as, I don't want to say just, but I started as the dance captain, one of the male swings and an understudy to one of the principal roles. Uh, the fight captain job came on later when uh, the gentleman who was our fight captain left the show. So they put that, that responsibility on me uh, thinking, well, he already knows 99% of the show. Let's just teach him the fight stuff as well. And fortunately for an American in Paris, there wasn't a lot of fight choreography. So that was a simpler job than it would be on other shows. And then the, uh, the resident position uh, was an addition later on. Now, a resident for most tours is kind of like a, it's more of a managerial position. So not only was I still in the show and I was still the dance captain, but as a resident, I took on more of managerial duties, like helping create the schedules, um, continuing to teach people to show but having a hand in in casting and you know who's going to go on from night to night if people are out of show and uh, running rehearsals building rehearsals it just gave me a little bit more of uh, a figure of authority mm. and they had done that specifically because um at the year mark for an american in paris at mind you this is a, a super physically demanding show so a year into the tour uh, we had about 23 people decide they were going to leave the show, cast members, out of like 35, which is a huge, unbelievably huge number of people to leave all at once. You're basically remounting the show from the ground up at that point. So knowing we had such an immense, almost impossible responsibility to teach 23 new people and put them all into the show at the same time, they... Uh, I, I guess you could say they bumped me up to be a resident. Um, so I had a little bit more authority and they made my assistant dance captain, my co-dance captain. So technically she and I were both dance captains at the same time. I was a resident. So I still had some position of authority. And on top of that, we had uh, a resident director who was also a dance person uh, who was like above me authority wise. So we had a bit of a hierarchy, but the three of us worked so seamlessly together that, we were able to teach 20 something new people in like four or five weeks and get them into the show. So yeah, it was a Herculean task uh, to do that. And it was a Herculean ask for me to have what's felt like 20 different jobs on the same show, but I got to know the show so well over the course of uh, almost two full years that uh, it all worked and I, I, I hopefully I think I was pretty successful at all, all of those jobs <laughs> literally juggling it is on your resume um, so yes. uh, and I think this is something I think this is something very important to Kian man or woman doesn't matter whether they're the dance captain do you feel as though you have been given to, to, to your credit for the work that you've put in and for the position that you hold the respect that you deserve. Now let me now let me reframe this question. When it was the first time that you were dance captaining with say Fiddler on the Roof, did you feel as though people took you seriously? <laughs> uh, well, in that, uh, yes, I suppose so. But I will say with that, that was a regional production that I did like the summer after high school. Okay. And uh, and it was there was a lot of choreography in it, but I was not a dancer at the time I was not a dance captain at the time so that's uh, even though it is a credit that I have and uh -huh. I loved doing that show um, it's not something I see as really as a strong part of my dance captain career um, now moving on to like when I was the assistant for Phantom and then moving forward to American in Paris uh, 
I did, I did have the respect of people, but I had to earn it. I had uh-huh. to work for it, um, especially in a very dance-heavy show like an American in Paris. Um, I, I would often get pushback um, either on notes I was given or changes I wanted to make or little fixes I was trying to help with. Uh, I found with that show in particular, I did get more pushback than I would have expected at first. Um, what did help eventually was that when this new, almost entirely new company came in at, that, at the year mark, um, I taught them the show. I mean, myself, my co-dance captain and our resident director, we taught the show to these new people. Mm-hmm. So I, I had the, uh, I would, I guess I would say the respect from them from day one in that I'm giving you the knowledge of the show. So trust that I, I'm going to know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of those roles, more so the, the men in the ensemble for this newer company of the show, I had done a lot of their, their tracks or their parts in the show as a swing. So mm-hmm. I, I can give them firsthand knowledge of, look, I've done your part before. I've done this track before. Let me tell you what works best. So uh, I did find that I, I had the respect. Um, but I feel like, as with anything, you have to earn that respect. Um, and I find that as a dance captain, I have my own weaknesses. I have my own flaws. And I have some aspects of my teaching styles, my personality that not everyone vibes with 100%. And that's okay, because that mm-hmm. happens. Um, so I find consistently that I am always working as a dance captain to not only earn people's respect, but to keep it uh, and help them understand that whatever I'm doing, I'm saying, I'm teaching you, I'm giving you notes. It's not never in a personal affront. It's never a personal attack. I'm just trying to make you look the best you can look and I'm trying to make the show the best it can be. If you want to hear more from Christopher on this topic of being a dance captain, head over to my Patreon so you can catch part two when that comes out. We dive further into what it means, the reference point of keeping up the integrity of a show and how best to conduct instruction to your colleagues, not letting the authority go to your head, being humble, and most importantly, not letting the ego get in the way of the work. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast, and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.